cool. Speaking of cool, my air conditioner will probably kick on at some point during the show because it's oh, that's be fine. Like eighty-seven degrees today. I I always I, <laughs> I shouldn't tell you this. This will make you self-conscious. I always grab white noise from the start and the and the end of your your half of the recording because there's always at least one thing that changes. <laughs> It the always works out. right there, and my uh, my mic is right here, and so mm-hmm. it's like pointed right at that general area. Oh yeah, no, it always works out though. It's never, it's never bad. <laughs> Self conscious about my bad audio. <laughs> it's gotten better. It's gotten better. You got the new mic. Snowball shaming. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna judge another man's snowballs. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you don't. We'll All get right, you. Let's we'll get you up to up to this microphone level at some point. With my fancy, uh, what do you call these? Your jib arm. My 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 my, my arm that I can move in and out. <laughs> wow, it's like I'm getting closer and farther away from your face. It's like audio in three D. <laughs> Now you just have to take that clip in Audacity and like spin it around the left-right channels. <laughs> there you go. Please put on both headphones for this section of You Activated My Podcast. <laughs> Boy, between that and the cassette joke we were making last week, we're just going to become that podcast that does weird audio shit. <laughs> we're, the, we're the radio lab of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's our new tagline. Ooh, I like that. I want to put that on Twitter. <laughs> the Radio Lab of Yu-Gi-Oh. All right, let's talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh, though. Let's talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh now. It's time to put pu- 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 podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 47, Showdown in the Shadows, Part 1. Spooky. Jimmy. Spooky. <laughs> it's, it's shadowy, and it's a showdown. Uh, we got... I'm... I'm I'm feeling conflicted about this, but we got an email <laughs> from listener Thomas with some very good information, but it's information that I kind of, that that I'm conflicted about because it's maybe the w- w- like first time that I agree with four kids censorship. Holy shit. I just saw this picture. You texted me. I just texted you the picture. It, yeah. Yeah. So, so listener Thomas, uh, who's written to us before O4 mouse on Twitter, uh, said, here's some trivia in the Japanese and manga. The Millennium Rod had a hidden blade in the handle that was Hell used yeah. to give the Tomb Keepers tattoos and was what? what Merrick used to kill his dad. That's why they cut away, because he mm-hmm. fucking shanked him with yep. the like sword cane that is the Millennium Rod. And 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 How do you Thomas... tattoo someone with uh, a sword that's like the length of your forearm? 
it's well it's like a needle Very carefully. it's it's like a big spike basically so it's it it has a pointy tip i mean i guess it'd just be like a really painful stick and poke well yeah but how would the the tattoo artists do it because they'd have the back of this thing is like solid gold right mm-hmm. so how would you be able to like do all the little intricate details on the secret pharaoh tattoo I, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, it's no wonder he went evil. But uh, for for the listeners, I think you could probably just look this up. Just look up like Merrick Millennium Rod Knife. Uh, but it's a it's a shot of Odeon looking up at at who we've dubbed Worse Merrick, uh, who has pulled the Millennium Rod in half, revealing, I mean, like you said, Jimmy, sword cane like out of the Millennium Rod, uh, like it's nine like ice- inch long dagger. It's an ice pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. Uh, Thomas also says, and Slifer the Sky Dragon was renamed. Its original name was Sky Dragon of Osiris, but some random four kids employee translated it to Slifer the Sky Dragon. But they already have Winged Dragon of Ra. (laughs) I I don't know what to tell you. Is someone out here who's like really into Egyptian mythology getting super upset about Osiris, but not about Ra? See, part of me wants to believe that that was just like a typo. Like maybe they misread the original version of Osiris and they were like, Slifer? What the fuck is a Slifer? (laughs) Well, oh well, it's going in the script. (laughs) And then it was too late. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah. So thank you, Thomas. Thanks for writing in. That's uh. Like I said, like I'm glad to know that, but I'm also conflicted that that's a true fact because I don't know how I feel about knowing that a character on the show literally shanked someone. <laughs> Can't yeah, say I'm a huge fan dad. of that. Can't say I'm a huge, huge fan of that. Uh, but boy, that's that's just going to be the energy we open this podcast with. I tell you what, some stabbing. Here we are. Uh, I was telling you, I was telling you a little bit before we recorded officially, like I've just had like a weird energy today. I don't know. Feeling kind of like, like off a little bit. I think it's the Uh heat. Like it's finally starting to warm up here. And then watching this episode, man, really just like put me through it. I don't know. I I texted Tyler last night before I went to bed being like, spoiler alert for this episode. Hope you like cackling. (laughs) It uh, it has that. It has that indeed. So much evil cackling. Is there anything that you wanted to bring up uh before we talk about the episode? I feel like this week's been a little bit quiet for me. Yeah, I don't have anything to talk about. Uh, I'll say it. I guess at the front of the show, I'll say it at the end of the show as well. Every week, I bring up uh stuff that you can do with the money that you're not spending on this podcast. This week. Uh, for those of you who don't listen all the way to the end, go and find ways to support people in Minneapolis right now, especially people of color in Minneapolis right now. Uh, and just people of color in general, like reach out to them, talk to them, believe them, trust them when they tell you things about how the world is treating them right now. Um, because shit's been bad for a while, but I tell you what, shit's pretty bad right now. So go do that and, uh, listen to the rest of the podcast and I'll, I'll be fun from here on out, I promise. <laughs> well said. Uh, all right. Let's get into this episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. It's time to... Pop, 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 pop. Whoa. That's the intro. I did that one already. 
It's time to, you want to start with the D's. Yeah, I wanted to start with the D's. I got the wrong kind of stutter. It's time to discuss the episode. This week on the show, as I said, season two, episode four, Showdown in the Shadows, part one. The translated title of this episode, Jimmy, is Darkness versus, can you guess? Darkness. More more darkness. (laughs) Fighting fire with fire. That's actually a pretty good title. That's silly. Yu-Gi-Oh! is is the it's the Seinfeld of darkness. It's a show about darkness. How can you tell when it ends? Uh the summary here is with the quote unquote good Merrick aiding him, Yami Bakura duels Yami Merrick. Using Merrick's knowledge of the winged dragon of Ra, Bakura steals it and plans to summon it. However, Yami Merrick seems quite unconcerned about the turn of events. Dot dot dot. That's basically the whole episode. That's, I mean, well, they leave out a lot of well actuallys. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is a, this episode is big neckbeard energy. <laughs> Did you notice this? A little bit, yeah. These guys like trying to pull one over on each other and they're like, mwahaha, I, I knew you were going to do that, so I'm going to do this, mwahaha. And the other guy's like, mwahaha, I knew you were going to do that, so actually I'm going to do this. It's like, um, it's like that scene in Princess Bride where uh, uh, Wesley and uh, Inigo Montoya are are dueling the first time. And he's like, ah, I see you have studied your Agrippa. Well, I always find that the capo whatever is a good counter for the Agrippa. But and it, then they just go back and forth. And then it's like, ah, mm. but I'm not left-handed. I'm not left-handed either, et cetera, et cetera. Same, same energy. Same energy. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but it starts with everyone asleep on a blimp. Everyone's in their, like, um, sleepover configuration. This is, <laughs> it's a big sleepover. Everyone's asleep, Twas- not only in the same room, but, like, on the same couch. <laughs> Twas the night before Duelmas. <laughs> and all through and the all blimp. Through the blimp. Not, a not a creature was stirring. Was stirring. Not even a shrimp. Oh, there it is. There it is. I was trying to go for like simp, uh, but nothing, nothing really worked out. Yeah. So everyone's asleep. Joey and Tristan are sharing a bed. I noticed, uh, yeah. really fulfilling everyone's shipping goals there. Fully clothed, by the way. Did you notice this? They didn't have a change of clothes. Oh no. Everyone is asleep in their normal attire, uh, with, with just like covers pulled up over their fucking jeans. <laughs> Tristan is probably wearing his like trench coat under there. We don't get to see it because he's got the covers pulled up. I I would absolutely believe it. Now, okay, I and I say that though, fully cognizant of the fact that I did the exact fucking same thing up until I was like fourteen. Sleep with all your clothes on? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Tyler, did I you was... have sleep jeans? I no. Here's the thing. I was that kid who just like didn't have like a nighttime routine. Like I'd brush my teeth. Sure. 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 But then I would just like play video games or like read a book or whatever until I fell asleep. And I had no concept of like changing into pajamas or, or whatever. I would just fall asleep in whatever I was wearing. And then I would just wake up the next day. I was also homeschooled. So I didn't need to be like, you know, presentable for anybody. Tyler, did your parents not give you pajamas? I'm sure they must have, but like, I don't know. I was weird about clothes is the thing. Like, I also didn't like jeans for the longest time. I just didn't, I didn't like the way denim felt. because they're comfy and easy to wear. 
I there's my mom probably has pictures of this. I wore the same pair of purple sweatpants to the point where they had like holes that I patched by hand with purple like dinosaur shaped patches for at least a year. I think that was my daily what? wear uh, when I was like seven. I used okay. to be really weird about clothes. I'm still kind of weird about clothes, if I'm being honest, but I used to be really weird about clothes, and this is definitely something that I would do, is just, like, fall asleep in whatever I was wearing that day. <laughs> I feel so like, this felt familiar to me. I feel like every fourth time we podcast, I learned some new and shocking fact about your upbringing. It's not my fault that <laughs> your upbringing is so boring, Jimmy. You could be sharing new and shocking facts as well. <laughs> I had pajamas like a normal person, <laughs> Well, la-dee-da, look at Mr. Richie Rich over here. I still wear pajamas to bed. I don't know. I just wear my boxers. There's no point. It's too hot. Well, Temperature-wise, yeah. not how I look at my boxers. That's the opposite of hot. But I still have, but, like, pajama pants. Maybe, like, sure, a t-shirt not. or, like, a dedicated sleep shirt. And I, I have those now, too. Yeah, I'll wake up. I'll put on my pajama pants. I'll, I'll trundle downstairs and take the dog out. It's lovely. I'm normal now. I need to talk to Lauren about this. <laughs> okay, well, you can bring it up later when she's on the show. We need to move on. Uh, anyway, the Joey... point of this is Yugi sleeps with a Millennium Puzzle next to his pillow like it's his favorite stuffed animal. <laughs> this is not something I did as a child. <laughs> or I was I... expecting it to like be under his pillow like he's got a gun under there. <laughs> and so if someone like breaks in, he just grabs a Millennium Puzzle. I mean transforms into another person that's yeah that's not a bad idea it would be kind of lumpy though that would be an extremely uncomfortable uh thing to do is have the millennium puzzle under your yeah you you need one of those like tempur-pedic pillows (laughs) you would lose an eye (laughs) right (laughs) one one wrong move uh the princess and the millennium puzzle (laughs) now there there is a manga adaptation i can get behind uh joey also has a dream here there's a there's a shot of him punching tristan in the face as he's sleeping and like neither <laughs> of them wake up it, like straight full-on punch too he like socks him right in the chin and it's it's weird because like it cuts to his dream and it's not a violent dream he's just like standing there in this void space and mai's there he's just stretching Sure. Okay. Yeah, that was a stretch. Uh huh. No, it was. A, it was a punch. It was a violent punch that he did to, to Tristan, which makes me think that he was faking that and then fell asleep. Both of these are equally funny to me. Uh, but he's having a dream about Mai. Mai's there. She's saying something about like how he can't give up. He has to go on and be a fighter. Uh, but importantly, she says, "Don't forget about me." you know to to help me or whatever because mm-hmm. remember she's trapped in the shadow realm and so joey's like no i won't forget you i need you in my life i'm gonna rescue you you're my friend etc cetera, etc cetera. um but she fades off into the distance and, and he wakes up or continues to toss and turn in his sleep anyway he just goes to the next dream yeah he changes the channel in the dream machine and yep. continues on uh Taya is also uh we, we get a brief shot of Taya asleep slumped over Bakura's empty bed. Uh we get because... lots of panning shots showing everyone asleep in their beds. Exactly. 
It's... Uh, the animators for Taya's scene, though, must have been pretty horny because you can see her ass through her skirt from like uh, here across the yeah. room. Yeah, <laughs> what was going on with that? I didn't want to bring want to bring it up first because that would just be on no. It's like the me, first thing you but... notice because she's like way on the other side of the room, and you can clearly see her her cheeks. It's so it's so like upsetting. Like it makes it look like she has just been like doused in water. Yeah. Like someone has just poured a bucket of water over her and now you just get a <sighs> This was the fan service shot. And I it felt like too that the translators knew it, that four kids knew it, so they showed the bare minimum amount of that shot. Yeah, they cut every... it a little close. Yeah, like every other shot you get, like you were saying, like the pan across, and you get like the pan and then it slowly sort of like eases to a standstill, right? And in this shot, it's just the pan, a lot of ass, and then like a quick cutaway. Well, then we get um, the like over the shoulder shot of like the empty bed where Bakura used to be. Uh, and she's mm-hmm. like slumped over onto the front of the bed because she's on the floor, just kind of sitting there asleep. Uh, but even from that angle, we can you can clearly see like her butt cheeks curved. It's she's sitting it's in a so, in a position that is not it shouldn't be humanly possible is the thing. She's it's like very twist, She's twisted her whole like she's gosh, she's gonna have like some weird knots or something when she wakes up. She's gonna be really sore. Cause she's twisted at like ninety degrees at the hip. And then her shoulders are somehow level with each other and her arms are like straight out. It's just it's very fan servicey. It's very weird. I guess they were like, finally, we get to animate one woman in this scene and before going <laughs> to these like evil guys for the rest of the episode. So make it count. Fair. Like, come on, fair, she's a teenager, yeah. weirdos. It's so strange. Uh, we, we get a shot of Kaiba uh, at, the, at the computer. Yeah, everyone's Suddenly... asleep except Kaiba. Kaiba is up late being mad that he can read ancient Egyptian. That's it. That's his whole. That's his whole arc in this episode. Is he's like, oh, I didn't need the translation software after all. I can read it the whole. <laughs> I could have just read this from the beginning. Who knew? And that's it. That's the last we see of him, as far as I remember. Yep. No, that's that's his last shot in this whole episode. <laughs> he his has one thing. line. He's just mad that he can read ancient Egyptian, and he's uh, unplayed, angry about it. I had Bakura spend so much time on this, and I could just read it. Why? Yep. And meanwhile, we get Wait, to did the I say Bakura? Of... You did. I meant Mokuba. Mokuba. It's that thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> they have similar names. But speaking of Bakura, finally we get to these two evil chuckleheads who are busy standing around uh, on top of the blimp making evil threats at each other. God, these... Speaking of horny, these boys just need to get a room. <laughs> I can see why people ship them after this episode. And here's here's the thing is like there's like how many how many individual personalities going on here? Yeah, we need to before we talk about this episode, we need to talk about all the people involved in these two guys to yeah. keep them straight. Um regular Bakura whose body is there does not show up so in this episode if we're talking about bakura we're talking about yami bakura correct and then there's merrick you want to just call mm-hmm. him evil merrick and merrick 
Yeah, well, we'll say, uh, yeah, Evil Merrick or Yami Merrick is Yami Merrick. the person. Yami Merrick. Yami Merrick is the person currently inhabiting Merrick's body. Well, Merrick, original Merrick, is also inhabiting Bakura's body. Right. As a spirit. <laughs> so to be clear, Bakura is being inhabited by Yami Bakura and Merrick, and Merrick's body is just Yami Merrick. Correct. They're the ones who are present here. All right. <laughs> uh, and we get into some weird questions about where Yami Merrick comes from, too, a little bit later on in the episode. But at this point, they're getting ready to start the duel that they agreed to uh, at the end of the last episode, where B- Yami Bakura... Uh, had struck a deal with Merrick where if Merrick helped or where if Yami Bakura helped Merrick get the Egyptian God cards, he would give Yami Bakura the Millennium Rod because Yami Bakura is just looking for more power at this point. Uh, They sort of re-met, I guess, after the spirit of Merrick hopped back into Taya's body who also had the Millennium Ring which is how the spirit of the Millennium Ring Yami Bakura rejoined Bakura's body with Merrick as sort of a spiritual hitchhiker I think at this point the Millennium Ring is just like a bug zapper for weird ghosts (laughs) yeah kind of yeah it's like a it's like a it's like a dream catcher yeah you just kind of shake it around, and all the like evil spirits in the area just kind of show up. <laughs> hey, what's up? You rang. <laughs> uh, so, so having restruck that deal, right now, Merrick and Yami Bakura are facing Yami Merrick because Yami Merrick has the Millennium Rod. So Merrick has said, "All right, if you help me beat Yami Merrick and get my body back, I'll give you the Millennium Rod." So long as I get the Egyptian God card and my body back. Yeah. Having a body is an important thing, it sounds like. Well, if you were a person and suddenly you're just regulated to the side of someone's mind, it would probably be pretty shitty. I'm a millennial. I've kind of been preparing for that my whole life. <laughs> uh, Merrick uh, recaps the last time that Bakura was beaten by an Egyptian God card when, when Yugi beat him with Slifer. Uh, and he's, he says specifically that he is sad that he missed the, uh, that, that Bakura missed the unstoppable power, quote unquote, of the winged dragon of Ra when he used it to beat Mai. I'm not sure it counts as unstoppable because the (laughs) shot that they, given the fact that it was stopped. Yeah, the shot that they show is specifically Yugi's tiny little boy body jumping in front of the laser and stopping it with his back. Yeah, this literal 13-year-old... Pulls a Gandalf. (laughs) Pulls a Gandalf and stops the the attack of this, like, god creature. I mean, he still won the duel, so in that way it is unstoppable. But, like, eh, maybe choose your words a little bit differently. People in this show are very prone to exaggeration. No. <laughs> in my uh, Yu-Gi-Oh? Nah. Never. Um, but Merrick is glad that Bakura was unconscious because since he didn't get to see this fight, 
Uh, he doesn't know how raw works. Correct. Except. <laughs> Except. Yami Merrick remembers that Merrick Merrick is also in the body of Bakura. And Merrick Merrick does know how Wing Dragon of Raw works. Yeah. Um, Bakura reminds Merrick that he knows all his cards and strategies because he has Merrick on his side. And right. up until just like five minutes ago, both of these Merricks were in the same body. So he knows all his cards and strategies. But then Yami Merrick cackles because no one could foresee his master plan of using different cards. <laughs> what a twist. What a twist. Oh, no. <laughs> using a slightly different deck. No one could so, have seen this coming. So he planned. I mean, I think this is a, <laughs> this is a lesson for all of us. I think we should all have a plan uh, with which we could thwart any potential doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. But of course, you can't make that plan now. You have to wait for the piece of your spirit to leave your body and inhabit another body. And then you make the plan. Right, exactly. But I think we should all maybe, you know, practice having a, uh, a, a, I was about to say evil other half, but a a differently aligned other half, we'll say. A yummy half. Right, yeah. Uh, Boy, where does this go from there? I feel like... They talk a lot before getting they to the actual so duel. Much. The 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 thing that I had wrote down here in my notes is that Merrick tells Yami Merrick that he's going to win back his body. He will do that. And then Yami Merrick says, Sorry, I've taken your fate as my own. Which is fucking badass. Yeah. Stealing his destiny. That is maybe the best way to say mine now. <laughs> And it's like, oh, now you like Destiny, Merrick. You're trying to buck it for your entire life, and now you want it back. Now that you're a ghost. Grass is always greener, huh, Merrick? <laughs> the grass is always greener on the other body. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, what if, what if Freaky Friday ended with, um, God, what is her name? Now I've completely spaced it. I've never seen Freaky Friday, so I can't not, help you here. Not Lindsay Lohan. Oh, God. I'm going to get so many emails about this. Freaky Friday. Uh, I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it as fast as I can, everybody. I'm so sorry. Freaky Friday, 2003, starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. There, there it is. It's like if Freaky Friday ended with Jamie Lee Curtis being like, ah, actually, Lindsay Lohan, I kind of dig this arrangement. <laughs> I'm just going to go to high school now, if that's cool with you. This is just going to be my deal. Oh, I can be a teenager again. Cool. Well, bye. See ya. (laughs) Free life reset. Yeah, I'm taking it. Bye. Yeah, done. Have fun being my mom. (laughs) I would love to find ways to add the phrase, I've taken your fate as my own, just into my daily life. It's like, yeah, that's that's such a, a potent saying. It's pretty good. He also has a very good line here. I am the real you, and soon you'll be nothing more than a forgotten memory in the sands of time. Oh, oh, mm. inject that straight into my veins. Jesus, I am the real you. Yeah, so they insult each other a bit. 
Uh, Merrick says he finally heard Ishizu tell the story of how uh, Yami Merrick came to exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and soon he will pay for what he did to Merrick's family because he um, he didn't know, apparently. Odeon kept this from him that uh, Yami Merrick killed his dad or sent his dad to the Shadow Realm. Yeah, this is... Or uh... shanked his dad with the Millennium Rod. <laughs> As the case may be. Uh, this is a real like Darth Vader kind of situation because so up until now he had sort of believed that uh, Darth Vader had killed his father, I guess, for lack of a better metaphor. Well, he thought Shadi had done it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because what he remembered was Shadi sort of being cryptic and then disappearing as a Shadi's want, Odeon told him that Shadi did it. And Merrick has hated Shadi for this entire time. To protect him from the truth that actually it was he who killed his dad. Right. Well, it was Yami Merrick, but, you know, yeah, same and guy in your body. Well, yeah, right, right, exactly. It still sucks. Uh, but that's kind of the conversation that they get into from here is he says, and you'll have to refresh my memory a little bit on this, but he says that Yami Merrick came to being after the Tomb Keeper initiation, right? Where he gets the yeah. tattoos from that fucking ice pick, I guess. But uh, he gets he gets the tattoos, and that's where the evil came from. Yeah. And then Merrick says, "No, I was born from your hatred and anger." Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Merrick says that so, he was born from Merrick's like horrible, like evil side. But he's like clearly a different guy. Right. That's that's the thing. That's where I'm a little stuck. So it's kind of like a like a Jekyll and Hyde sort of situation. Because mm-hmm. Jekyll is Hyde's is it id or ego? It's id, right? I don't remember. M- made manifest. Uh, his, his, All his I can dark think about side. right now is the Arthur episode where they're saying about Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll. <laughs> Having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Okay, somebody needs to do an Arthur rewatch podcast. <laughs> that would actually be pretty good. That would be amazing. Here's a fucking question. How come of all the useless information I have in my head, I still remember that DW's name stands for Dora Winifred? Yeah. Why, Why do I remember do you have that? that? Why do I remember whole issues of <sighs> fuck? And now I can't even remember the name of the thing. But I remember the 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 cartoon where Buster goes behind the scenes of is it just Bunny Man, Super Bunny? I don't remember Su- this. I think it's Super episode. Bunny. Well, I'm just gonna uh, Super Bunny uh, Arthur. Um, it's time to DW Bionic Bunny. There it is. Bionic I couldn't. Bunny. I couldn't remember the name of the thing, but I have vivid memories of seeing the movie studio or the TV studio rather when Buster goes to the Bionic Bunny set as like a he wins a contest mm-hmm. and goes to set and meets Bionic Bunny and he's actually this like dweeb that has to wear glasses and he's so disappointed. <laughs> learning that actors aren't the characters they play heartbreaking yeah um 
Where were we here, though? Uh, we're talking about Merrick and where Yami Merrick came from. Yeah. Do we do we want to try and like put a pin in this, or, or 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 not put a pin in this, but like nail this down in some way, sort of make a def- a definitive say a uh, ruling? I suspect that we will learn more in the next couple of episodes, or maybe even next season at some point. We've got we've got one episode left in this season, Jimmy. <laughs> It could well. It's the season finale. They could drop some uh, truth bombs on us. They could. I don't know. I. I guess it's a part of me. A part of me wants to say it's a little column A and a little column B, right? Because a tattooing a what eleven year old sucks. Mm-hmm. Tattooing them with an ice pick sucks worse. And and then keeping them uh, trapped underground sucks maybe the most. So like, yeah, he's gonna have some hatred and anger. And I think if you mix that with hormones of an 11-year-old and magic, you're going to get some bad news. Yeah, it's entirely possible that Yami Merrick was kind of created from this combination of things. I still like the idea that he is passed down from down the lineage. Mm. And that he, like, he like not necessarily was meant to be there. But mm-hmm. like through the tattoo process, he was like able to encode his spirit. So he was like passed down through the tomb keepers until the pharaoh came back so he could then take the pharaoh's power. Yeah. Well, and that that kind of fits into what I, I've been thinking a lot about too, is like if it is the case where it's the tattoo and the magic and the anger, like whatever, if you're tattooing every firstborn son at 11 years old and they all have access to this magic, like how has this not happened before? Yeah, this can't have been like the first time Merrick showed up unless he was right. just like lying dormant and now is the like destined time that the Pharaoh would return. Right, exactly. So so I think what you're saying ties in pretty well to that where it's like it is sort of an inherited thing. The timing here just happened to be like exactly right to make mm-hmm. it all kind of fall into place so anyway be that as it may evil merrick uh, uh yami merrick says all this stuff about like no he's gonna keep his body uh he's gonna rule the world with the power of the pharaoh uh and yami bakura hears all this and says well well wait a second hold, hold, pump the brakes here sport hold the phone i had a deal with merrick that was just for the Millennium Rod and just for the Egyptian God card. Nobody said nothing about Pharaoh power or your body being inhabited by an evil spirit. Yeah, what's uh, what's all this going on here, huh? And he says, I, I think, I think this means that I have some leverage here and I would like to change our deal a little bit. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. <laughs> Uh, You've been keeping secrets from me. It's going to cost you. And he says that he will still help Merrick reclaim his body, but it is going to cost him. What does he say? He says a dear price. Something along those lines. A dire, a dire price. He's very interested in the concept of the power of the Pharaoh being stronger and different from the millennium items. Right, right. He, he, he figures, why am I settling for just one millennium item? When I can get the power that created the Millennium Items, and then do something with it, mm-hmm. what's his goal? Get what does power. he actually want? Get power. Okay, 
Money, please. Cool. <laughs> uh, we skipped over this briefly, but I want to really point out that I think we are seeing a Merrick heel turn. In what way? Because there's a scene here where he vows to undo his evil acts and he begs his father for forgiveness for what he's done. Mm. Oh, that would be a face turn. Face mean. turn. Yes. Yeah. Look, look yeah. Up. No, absolutely. I don't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> a bad guy is becoming good. Maybe wrestling. Wrestling is anime in real life. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it really is kind of a face turn where it's, I think up until this point, even normal Merrick just was being a shit, right? Like he was yeah. never a good guy. Maybe when he was 11, but not not now, certainly. Uh, and definitely now, yeah, you're right. He is kind of like, oh, I can. He, <laughs> now that he realizes he's been used by his evil self to like do all this stuff. Right. And it wasn't him who like affected his life all this much. Right, exactly. It kind of he's realizing that maybe he was angry at the wrong things. Yeah. So that like, could be good. Sure, you can be mad at the pharaoh for just hanging out in a puzzle for the last five thousand years while your family has lived in a dank cave for that entire time, <laughs> waiting for him to come back so they can kiss his feet. But right, you also right. might want to be mad at this asshole who's like piggybacked on your like evil tattoos to like steal power and doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah, this literal monkey on your back for the last <laughs> 10 years or whatever. How old yeah. is Merrick? Do we uh, know? Oh, I think we looked this up at one point. Uh, I think he's, he's like definitely 16. a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 16. His birthday is December 23rd, according to the wiki. Almost Christmas. Uh, his blood type is B. What? Why? What? Why we've, is that we've, canon? We've covered this before. Yeah. Um, it's uh, still baffling, though. There's a there's a book out there somewhere that's like the Yu-Gi-Oh! Compendium, and it has a bunch of information about all the characters, including like favorite food, least favorite food, blood type height and weight that sort of thing yeah, every time i read something like that it's like oh boy now i'll be prepared for if i become an emt and i run up to the scene of an accident and i encounter a fictional character merrick i'll be able to give right. him a proper blood transfusion <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I love i love I'm, I'm sure i've pointed this out on the podcast before his least favorite food is just called meat dish which I think is just a way of him saying that he's a vegetarian. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. He's also, like, he's. I feel like sorry. if you live in a shitty underground ruin, uh, the meat dish that you have is probably pretty nasty. <laughs> probably pretty bad. Yeah. I don't think they have Could much refrigeration what, like going on. Egyptian rats. Some snakes. Oh, oh, if you're yeah. lucky, you might get some hippo meat. From where? They would have to go out and hunt a hippo. Jesus. Uh, it also, it says, so he's five foot 11. He weighs 120 pounds. Oh, no oh pardon me. 100, so... 121, 121, 55 kilograms. Jeez, though. No wonder he's so damn skinny. Yeah, this kid is a, he's a featherweight. 
Uh, Merrick's initial outfit consists of purple hooded robes with the eye of Anubis on it and a long purple cape with a gold chain in the front. He wears golden earrings, three bands of neckwear, and an armband on each arm, and five bracelets on each arm, starting from close to his elbows down to his wrists. Merrick falls down the stairs and you get some rattling. <laughs> He's like, it's like Merrick falls down the stairs and it's like Sonic getting hurt. Rings just like flying everywhere. <laughs> It's like putting a bell on a cat. He's just constantly jingling. <laughs> jingle, jingle, jingle. Uh, so, where? God, where were we? Uh, uh, it's time to duel. Yeah, it's time to duel. Yami Merrick declares a shadow game. He says, uh, I don't know that I can do the Yami Merrick voice very well. Do you, do you want to give this a go? I can't go that deep because it's kind of very deep and scratchy, but I'll take a drink and see if I can do it. Okay. There's uh, The line here is really good. <clears throat> Blackness surround us. Prepare for a battle like no other. For in this duel, the darkness of the shadow realm shall slowly devour the duelist as their life points diminish. Bad ass. So as he says this, the darkness, yep, like descends on the blimp, on on the the roof of the blimp, right? Uh, And like fucking shadow ghosts start flying around everywhere and this is the start of the duel yep uh the the duel the duel itself is kind of boring (laughs) yeah it's uh for a shadow game it's not terribly interesting it do you do you want to just go through what they play do you want me to go through that i don't know sure it's it's Okay, here's here's why I'm kind of bored by it, all right? This isn't my worst part of the episode, but it's an honorable mention. The duel goes at such a pace that they're like, and I play this card, and I sacrifice it, and I play this card, and it attacks, and I play this card face down, and this card, da 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 blah here is my plan. Let me tell you my plan now. And then I play this card face down, and then it dies, and then I play this card, and then you play That's that card, thing. and it does. They keep, they do like five things throughout this whole duel, but like, for like two minutes between each thing, it's just them cackling about what, like, cackling about what they're doing and like their evil plan is and how they totally saw that one coming, so they're going to do this and how I'm smarter than you and just like case case in point, the very first turn, right? So Bakura plays a card face down and then he summons Goblin Zombie and he says, "Scared yet?" <laughs> and Merrick says, "Ha! Scared of that? No." <laughs> and then that turn is just over. And then Merrick pl- immediately plays a face down card and then plays Drilago, which is like fucking like drill dozer. It looks like a dollar store ripoff of Gurren Lagann. <laughs> it does. It does. Wow. Oh, it's like, just it's just all drills. It's just a bunch of drills sticking out of this like robot thing. Uh, well, you know what? You don't need to believe in this card. Just believe in me that believes in this card. Uh, Drilago attacks immediately drilling away that activates an incredibly anime gesture as bakura has an objection (laughs) fucking does the whole phoenix right point Mm -hmm. and that takes 30 seconds and then he goes and i activate this trap and then this trap does yeah he plays uh the trap card fearful earthbound uh which is my least favorite super (laughs) nes game it's like earthbound but scary is that just underworld or undertale i mean god yeah except it's not as scary though 
Uh, this is kind of gross, though. It's a giant monster face that has Merrick in its mouth. It's it's the Sarlacc pit. He summons the Sarlacc, Sarlacc pit. pit. Except it's got a human face. Does it? Yeah, we don't get to see it. It moves so quickly, I couldn't see it. <laughs> it's a giant monster face that's like an ogre's face or whatever. And then like mm. the mouth is like a lamprey's kind of circular jaws. Right. Uh, with Merrick huh. in the middle. And it subtracts right. 500 life for someone when their monster attacks. Like what just happened. Yep. Uh, but Merrick plays the trap removal card called Remove Trap. I wonder what that does. <laughs> it removes the trap, <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> oh, I see. Interesting. So instead of Merrick uh, losing the five life points, Bakura loses five life points instead because Drolago's attack goes through uh, and immediately starts doing his best Back to the Future cosplay. Uh, and his left arm fades away. Yeah, his elbow just sort of disappears. And it's not like the rest of his arm like falls to the ground or anything. It's just like it's he can still move it. It's just that he, he doesn't have an elbow anymore. Yeah, he's still holding the dual disc in that arm. Yeah, it's just like invisible or intangible. Right. Uh, and Merrick reveals like, hey, this is this is exactly what I meant. Uh, losing life points in this game means that you lose limbs. You are going to get turned into Swiss cheese. <laughs> uh, and and Bakura's uh, like, I'm quite familiar with how the Shadow Realm operates. <laughs> did I ask you why my limbs are disappearing? No, I did not. I understand what's going on here, but thank you for the reminder. That's the other thing. Both of these guys during this episode are very intent on explaining everything that's going on when they both very clearly know what's going on except I mean, that's why for I said, like certain cards yeah like that's that's why i said it kind of has like neckbeard energy right because it's, it's definitely just a bunch of guys who all know what's happening but they can't help but explain it to each other just in case they have the opportunity to be the smartest person in the room for once <laughs> they're yummy splaining <laughs> Uh, there's a weird close-up shot here that I forgot to take a screenshot of, but Merrick gets really veiny all of a sudden. Did you notice this? We've seen him like this before. Uh, I think Yami Merrick just kind of gets like that when he's feeling particularly evil. It's like that, uh, it's like that meme of the kid in like a high school classroom and it's like he's not trying. Oh, like he's about not to trying... cough? Yeah, and he's like he's getting all red in the face and really veiny. Do you know the one? Yes, I, I can't exactly really figure out what that's what he's doing in that picture, other than being veiny. He's like when you're about to cough, but you're like trying to hold it in, so you're just like, yeah, yeah. It's that okay. It's that feeling for sure. Merrick is that whatever yeah. that is. Merrick's Except trying not to cough because it's in the shadow realm. He's trying not to monologue. <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He, he relishes it. He loves it. Uh, we cut away to something infinitely more boring. I'm disappointed by the sequence because it had Me the potential too. to be a lot more interesting than what we actually got. Uh, uh, we cut to Yugi. But our good friend Yugi, you know, the hero of the show who we haven't had an episode about in like <laughs> weeks. Yeah, what was the last Yu-Gi-Oh duel? Or not <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh, Yugi, pardon me. Last Yugi-centric episode was a while ago. It was a bit. So here he is. He's asleep in his bed next to his stuffed Millennium Puzzle toy. Uh, and it glows? Yep, it has it, some razzle-dazzle. Uh, it, it reminded gleams. me of like, it reminded me of when you catch a 
uh, Pokemon. Oh yeah, and just just a little light on the end lights up, and it goes like uh, the Pokeball like wiggles. Boom, boom. Yeah, caught a pharaoh. It was that. Um, but literally, just and the then, eye of the Millennium Puzzle is like glowing rainbow colors. Right. Uh, and then Yugi opens his eyes, and he is inside uh, his mind. Yep, he's in his mind palace, surrounded by all his toys and stuff, uh, which we've seen before. He's like, where am I? It's, oh, right, I'm inside my own mind. And it's so funny to me, because the only decoration in this room, it's like the, it's bricks, you know, it's the same color as a Millennium Puzzle. It's all sort of like yellowy gold bricks. Uh, and he looks around, and it's like you said, like a bunch of his toys. But they're just kind of scattered around on the ground. Like there's no shelves. There's no. There's nothing on the walls. There's, there's no, no windows. There's no furniture. It's just like all his toys and stuff because he's a little boy. Yeah. I uh, mean, when you were then, a kid, did you like put all your toys away? No, you left them scattered all over the floor where you can play with them. True. Very true. Uh, I st- I still do that. Um, he he opens the door. And it's a hallway, right? Mm-hmm. And then he looks across the hallway, and it's like looking at the, <laughs> looking at the bedroom door of your like older teenage brother, right? Where it's like clearly somebody who listens to a lot of heavy metal music, <laughs> muffled metal like coming through the door. Right, so right. There, like there a... might as well be like a "Do Not Disturb," <laughs> "Do Not Enter," "Go Away," yeah. uh, caution sign on the on the door. Uh, but it's got the Millennium Eye, uh, uh, Eye of Anubis on it, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's Yami's room." I'll go. I'll go check on him. It's very funny to me that this is Yugi's mind, but his mind has like a single tiny little room that's not even big enough to be like a bedroom, whereas Yami Yugi's brain gets this like entire massive labyrinth to hang out in. Well, I mean, you know, it's a. Little... It's a... It, it's it's that uh it's that whole Neil deGrasse Tyson like uh, uh time is is relative sort of thing like if you think about an eleven year old's mind compared to <laughs> five thousand year old mind, fair. It just seems a little rude that like this is his body, but he only gets like a square of it. Yeah, yeah, very true. Well, you know, you you only use ten percent of your brain, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is his 10%. Uh, you only he, use 10% of your puzzle. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to start referring to my brain as my puzzle from now on. <laughs> That's some uh, Professor Layton energy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so Yugi opens the door. He goes into Yami's side of the mind, uh, which is that like MC Escher painting that we've seen before. Mom says it's my turn on the mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, he's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's all like twisted and, and topsy turvy in here. And there's like stairs that go upside down and, and shit like that. Yeah. He goes to and... explore. So maybe he can like unlock some clues to the past or whatever. Yeah. I don't really know what he's doing here. Like he's, he's like, okay, I guess I'll just go get lost for a while. That seems fine. I, there aren't any traps in here. Nope. Haven't dealt with that before. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, and then Yami appears behind him and is like, hey, what's what's going on? Why, <laughs> what are you doing in my room? I told you to get out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in my waters? Uh, and, and Yugi, he and Yugi kind of talk, right? And, and uh, 
Yugi realizes as they're talking that the pathways, the reason everything looks so topsy-turvy, is that they represent the mysteries of Yami's past and the questions about his future. Sure. Seems seems fair. Sure, why not? Uh, and and y- Yami is like, yep, that's that sounds right, which means it's probably just going to get worse as we get closer to whatever our destiny is. It'll because we're just going to have more, more questions. questions. And more like mysteries in my past, the more we learn. Which just goes to show that Yugi is the optimist while Yami is the pessimist. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think you should be allowed to explore the depths of your own mind. I mean, it's Yugi's brain. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Though? Is it? I feel like. I don't know, because the last time we were here was season one right and shoddy was in his mind for some reason and and we we got a little bit of a flashback to this he came by with a millennium key investigating what the pharaoh was all about then he was like oh shit you're the pharaoh and then like falls into a pit and is barely saved by yugi i feel like I feel like yes, you're right. You should be you should be at liberty to explore the depths of your own mind, provided you will not disappear into it. Yeah, provided that you don't like run into a booby trap in your own brain. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't want Yugi to turn into some sort of like Jungian uh, uh, dream explorer, right? <laughs> like you just this is an inception forever. <laughs> oh shit! Is is Shadi just uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from Inception? Now I'm picturing that movie, but with Shadi in the lead role. <laughs> now I'm picturing Yu-Gi-Oh, but with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Both of these would uh, make much better media. Much better. Much, much better. Do they learn anything from this interaction? They do not. Other than no. the hallways are all weird because they're mysterious. <laughs> Very succinct. Thank you. But that's it. Sometimes it do be like that. Sometimes it do be like that. But let's not pay any more attention to the protagonist. They don't have anything more to learn. So let's go back to these cackling assholes. Let's go back to my three villains. (laughs) Oops, all villains. Uh, Merrick is busy reminding Bakura that he saw Bakura's last duel. So he, or pardon me, Yami Merrick is telling Bakura that he saw Bakura's last duel. So he knows all his tricks. Bakura can't uh, play spirit board like he did last time. Right, exactly. Uh, Merrick, good quote unquote Merrick, because tells everyone knows Bakura, when you when you're playing a card game, you can only play a certain card once, and then it loses its potency. <laughs> right. Once you lose the element of surprise in a game with constructed decks, really, it's game over. <laughs> Which is. In it, I mean, that's an incongruous strategy is the problem because Miami Merrick says that, but that is also like, and it'll never uh, uh, stand up to the power of the Winged Dragon of Ra, that one card I'm definitely going to play. <laughs> you can't play this card that I've seen before because I've seen that before, but let me play this card that I won't <laughs> stop telling you about. Surprise, surprise. I know you haven't seen it before. And um, Merrick, actual Merrick tells Yami Bakura that actually, hey, wait a minute. 
I do know the secret of Ra because I can read the inscription when it comes out. Because yep. <laughs> I don't get my powers from like ancient uh, bullshit magic powers. I had to sit and study. <laughs> I got my powers the old-fashioned way, being in a cult for 16 years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, so, he, he knows the secret of Ra, so it poses no threat. Yeah, and then he... So we see the spirit of Merrick as they're having this conversation, right? And he turns to Bakura, or rather, Bakura turns to, to Merrick... And they start having a conversation, presumably about the secret of the winged dragon of Ra. But then it happens off camera. We cut away to Yami Merrick, so we never hear the secret. Well, the freaking secret has been teased relentlessly for the last, like, ten episodes. What is the secret, Jimmy? (laughs) It just says, drink your Ovaltine. (laughs) (laughs) It's... like, it's going to end up being something stupid like that, right? Like, yeah. we know, okay, the next episode is the final episode of the season. There's got to be some sort of climax where it's revealed what the secret of the winged dragon of Ra is. They keep showing Kaiba, like, pouring over the same secret, like the secret letters on the card. Is it going to be, like, think happy thoughts or or, or friendship? Like, <laughs> Be friends with the winged dragon of Ra. <laughs> Invite it out to dinner sometime. Ask him how he's doing. Call your mom. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm not convinced that it's anything worthwhile. Uh, so, so okay, so we don't get the secret. Bakura tells Merrick that because of the rules of the Shadow Game, so, so they're done conversing now, right? Yeah. And then it cuts back. And he says, all right, I have a plan. We, we can make this happen. But because of the specific rules of this Shadow Game... If I win, when I win is how he phrases it, you may not have a body to go back to. Because it will be consumed by the Shadow Realm. Right. America's like, okay, fine. That's just a risk that we have to take. It's either it's, it's either that or we both lose. So, like, yeah. you know, I'll take what I can get. I, I have other ways of getting into bodies, I think is what he's thinking. <laughs> I'll just steal uh, one of the Millennium items and stick myself in there. I'll just I'll just be Taya from here on out, right? Like <laughs> I really want to see Yami Taya. I think that would be really good. I think that would be a really good season of of Taya turning evil. I was just thinking the other day that I was still disappointed that when Joey picked up the Millennium Puzzle in that one duel that he didn't put it on and become Yami Joey. Yeah, I Joey with I the power gotten, of the Pharaoh. I wish we gotten more with that. I okay, sorry, I'm updating my worst part of this episode real quick while we're talking about it worse no yami joey <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just becomes the godfather <laughs> you come to me on the day of my daughter's duel <laughs> hey, we've done that I'm joke so many times <laughs> yeah. uh bakura plays two cards face down and gurnia in defense mode I we literally get like two shots of Gurnia. I could not tell you what Gurnia looks like. It's a monster. It's a monster. <laughs> uh, Merrick plays a card called Sanctity, uh, which means that they both draw up to uh, uh, until they're holding six cards, mm-hmm. and he's hoping that he'll draw the Winged Dragon of Ra. And then he goes, Ah, darn! 
because he can't say shit on the show. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, and Bakura's like, oh, poor baby. You didn't draw the card you wanted. Oh, oh no. And then he goes, here, let me help you. And he yeah. plays multiple destruction, which makes them discard their whole hand and then redraw. Yeah, and he also loses 100 life points for each card discarded. So his other elbow disappears because he loses like 600 life or whatever. Yeah, I, I well, what, what it does is, is very interesting because in the last shot, he he had lost uh, 500 life points, right? Mm-hmm. And he loses his elbow up to his shoulder thereabouts. Maybe a little bit of his hand too. I don't, I don't quite remember, but a lot of his arm. And now he's lost 600 life points and loses a little bit more of his other arm. So I think what we're learning here is sort of the life point to limb ratio, which is very valuable information. <laughs> uh, he, he loses, yeah, 600 life points. Uh, and Merrick redraws six cards, but Cora draws uh, six cards. And Merrick still hasn't drawn the Winged Dragon of Ra. <laughs> and he is not shy about letting that be known. He's like, oh, oh man, oh, I didn't get the card I wanted. Oh. <laughs> exactly in that tone of voice. But then he has the audacity to compose himself, and then he, he shouts, the end is near. <laughs> I'm going to get you when I draw that card. You better watch out. Which is, it's really, it's a great energy to bring into 2020, right? Like, things are not going the way that I had planned, but I will still win, <laughs> God damn it! Anyway, suddenly we cut back to the Yugis hanging out on some mine steps like it's a front porch. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a front stoop to their uh, walk-up brownstone. Just hanging out on the brain stoop. <laughs> the brain stoop. They just need some beers and a radio. Uh, I would watch that show. That'd be great. The Yugi and Yugi show. Uh, so this is when they have that whole recap about Shadi that we talked about previously. Uh, Yugi suddenly remembers that the secret to the Pharaoh's power is tattooed to Merrick's back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so in there, like, yeah, maybe after this duel, we can go and, like, find out what we can go and look at Merrick's back and find out what the secret to your power is. That'll solve everything. We just have to defeat him so that we can tell him to take his shirt off. <laughs> All right, Merrick, take off your shirt. Turn around. Yes. Good. <laughs> I like what I see. <laughs> I can feel my power growing stronger even now. No, no, Merrick, 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 leave your pants on, leave your pants on. This is what you're, you're mistaken. Merrick. No, no, no. <laughs> Merrick, there's a 12-year-old uh, boy here. Have some goddamn <laughs> self-respect. Uh, and that's it, right? That's the whole scene? Yeah, they have to defeat Merrick, look at his back, and then they just talk about how they make a great team and shit. Yeah, friendship. Friendship. Just, uh, just a little boy and undercover grandpa. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back to the duel... Bakura is looking like Swiss cheese. He, yeah, he's not looking great. He's got he's he's lost a little bit more in in his like midsection. Yeah, he's got some uh, erased parts. Um, so he sacrifices Gurnia to summon Puppet Master, which is just a spooky dead clown. 
Yeah, he well, he does a thing too where he like he like draws the card and then he he goes, "Aha, this is just the card I was looking for." And then this fucking bozo motherfucker shows up. I don't It's not even like a spooky clown. It's like a regular looking person that was like in a clown costume and then died and left to rot for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah, like with any luck this will be how I look in 100 years, right? <laughs> in a clown costume. <laughs> that's how like, I plan to go with just your shriveled <laughs> face sticking out only god and the pharaoh can judge me uh it what it does is it lets him summon three monsters from the graveyard uh at the cost of a thousand life points so he loses a bit more from his midsection and pulls out three monsters uh, he, the monsters can't attack this turn. However, he does get to now play the card called Dark Designator. And this is like one of the rare times where America's like, what does that card do? <laughs> well, no, it's worse, than, yeah. it's worse than that. He knows what it does. He has a brilliant line here where he goes, why should I care about a card that lets you choose one monster from my deck and place it in my hand? Unless. <laughs> Unless. In which Merrick becomes the McElroy brothers. <laughs> and like, uh, he's like, yeah, I can see where this is going. Yep. You're just trying to steal raw. And, but he like just explained that he was going to steal raw with this card. Uh, that's the thing. I don't get it. Why is everybody like, this is the thing I'm going to do. And then it happens. And they're like, wait, how did that happen? <laughs> I what, know what, what are you you're doing? going to do. Because you just told me it explained your whole scheme. Right. So, I don't know. Anyway, so, okay. So, yes, Bakura forces him to draw the Winged Dragon of Ra uh, so that he can claim it for himself later on. And by later on, we mean right now. He plays a magic card uh, that lets him each take a turn, take a card from the other's hand. And so he gets uh, Winged Dragon of Ra in exchange for Monster Reborn. Yeah, there's a, there's a long drawn out shot there where, like, Merrick walks all the way across the, the dueling arena and like hands him the winged dragon of raw. And then Bakura holds out his hand and he says, all right, pick a card, any card. Yeah. What happened to the like card transport system that Pegasus had? They don't have, I that don't here. think that counts in shadow duels. I don't know. <laughs> you have to walk across the, the, the field of battle to like hand the card over. It feels very like uh, it, it feels more poignant this way. Yeah, it's more meaningful. Make you work to f- just really feel your sacrifice. <laughs> Not a cell phone in sight. Just <laughs> two, just two duelists in a in a shadow game. <laughs> just living in the moment. Um, Merrick taunts Bakura for not being able to use raw. Uh, where at, to which Yami Merrick is like, or regular Merrick is like, yeah, but I can. Right. And he's like, oh, right. You again. I keep forgetting. (laughs) And then he's like, we'll see about that. Which is a line that they say after almost anything happens in this duel. Yeah, they've said that about a hundred times so far this episode. We haven't mentioned it every time, but it's just assumed that anytime we're not explicitly saying what they're saying, that's what they're saying. (laughs) It's quite tedious. Uh, And then we get a freeze frame end of episode, which is pretty awesome actually do you want to kind of try and describe what's happening here yeah because merrick was on one side or yami merrick was on one side on the left on the left drawing a card uh yami bakura is on the other side i forget what he's doing pointing dissolving into space oh yeah he's like dissolving into space and then like unraveling 
in the middle, there's like regular Merrick, who's like pointing upwards at Winged Dragon of Ra, who's like coming, bursting forward. Taking up the entire background. Taking up the entire background. It's like he's been spray painted onto the side of a van that you are about to rear end. (laughs) Exactly. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Bum, bum, Thought you were going to see Winged Dragon of Ra this episode? Too bad. I mean, you get this. This is kind of a nice teaser. Yeah. I can imagine watching this on television and be like, oh shit, it's the real one. It's going to come out. Here we go. (laughs) Maybe next episode we'll learn the secret of the Winged Dragon of Ra. Now it's time to watch Doug. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy, what was the best part of this episode for you? My favorite part of this episode was the whole concept that it's just two evil dipshits laughing maniacally and constantly trying to one-up each other. This is what... Yeah. This is pure Yu-Gi-Oh. It's finally, we have... we uh, Without, like, one of the main characters being there to be, like, the good guy, it's just two assholes, like, trying to pull a fast one on each other, and it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's like a spy versus spy sort of thing. It is spy versus spy. No matter who wins here, we all lose. <laughs> Uh, my, I mean, my best was the same thing. I might as well just tack on to this. Uh, this is, this is a plus anime writing, honestly, like the, the, we'll see about that. And the, oh yeah, we'll see who sees about that. And then, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I see what, what you see, what we'll see about this and, and that and the other thing, but, but we'll see if you see what I see and I, I can see what you can't see. And maybe I can see the thing that you, we'll, we'll see. And there's the evil laughter throughout as these so two like evil laughter. spirits go up against each other. Do you mind if other. I, can I read our text thread from this morning? Oh, go ahead. Because you, you texted me uh, before I watched the episode and you said, spoiler for today's episode, I hope you like cackling. And I said, hell yeah, going to get my cackle on. Cack it up. Cack me up, fam. <laughs> and then you said, bruh, you're going to get so cacked. <laughs> oh, I assure you there is no shortage of cackling and smug threats. <laughs> Do you even cackle, bruh? Uh, there is so much of that these evil spirits were in fine form they were they really were and by that we mean horrible form yeah terrible just terrible uh how about the worst part of the episode for you my worst was a whole side plot with yugi and yami yugi uh just hanging out in their brain doing nothing yep there there's no point to any of that just to show that Yugi's still the main character. He's still here. Remember him? I haven't talked about Yugi in a while on this show called Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Do you know what this reminds me of? What? Do you remember after the Thor movie came out and they released like a uh, like a webisode of Phil Coulson going to like a convenience store on his way to pick up Thor's hammer? No. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look up. Uh, this is so. This is. Uh, it was a lead up to the premiere of Marvel's Agents of Shield TV show. They were like teasing, "Hey, Phil Coulson is going to have like his own series." And so after the Thor movie came out, because you know there's that scene with him and and the hammer and everything. Uh, it's it was a webisode that was a prequel to Thor, but it was like five minutes of Coulson. Uh, on his way to go pick up Thor's hammer because that had been like found 
and he, it's him like stopping at a convenience store, oh, I and I think it. he stops a robbery, if I remember correctly. I had no idea this existed until just like five seconds ago. There's, I'm so there's, excited to watch this. It's just called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's like four, maybe five of these little vignettes that they made well, all leading fun. up to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Um, but it reminds me of that where it's kind of just like it's almost a slice of life like segment, but it's just a little off. I don't I don't know. Sure. Well, that sounds much better than these two guys just hanging out in their mind palace. I think they could have I think they could have cut out this segment and released it separately. Yeah, they could have easily made it like more interesting things happen and there's like some bonding between them, but it's nothing new under the sun. We've no. we've heard everything they've said before. Yeah. Power of friendship, fate of the world, yada yada. Yeah. Pharaoh, five thousand years, mysterious. Gotcha. Check. Right. What was your worst? My worst, so I changed it halfway through the episode. My initial worst was very similar to yours. My real worst, I realized as we were talking, was are we supposed to care about good Merrick now? I guess. Is is that the implication that I'm I'm supposed to be believing? Because like you said, like he does kind of have a face turn here where he's like, I'm going to defeat you, the evil version of me that I created, it turns out, and avenge my father that I killed. Like, Yeah, but he's still but a shit. He's still a dick, right? Like, we've seen what was supposed to have been, according to Odeon and Shizu, good quote-unquote Merrick we've seen how he acts and treats people and it's not good yeah I don't like it he used to be a nice little kid like 10 years ago doesn't mean I care about him now right it's like it's it would be like living in America and saying boy I can't wait for the apprentice to start back up (laughs) why do we care why do we care? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the next episodes or next episode of this season will I have us I, uh, give us a reason to care about Merrick? I don't know that it can at this point. I don't know that I can forgive what I've seen. I mean, Ishizu cares about him, but she's But Ishizu hasn't interacted with him in like 10 years or whatever or 6 years. What has she been doing this whole time? He's just been uh, hanging with Pegasus, I guess. He's just been like cruising around on his motorcycle and his yacht. I don't know what she's been doing. Following him around. The future. Scooby-Doo Scott style. <laughs> Chasing him around the world. Always, always one step behind. She finds a she finds a pink hoodie. It's still warm. The trail's fresh. <laughs> one day out at most. We, we must cross the, the plains of Rohan. Yeah, I don't care about this this guy, and I don't particularly care if he gets his body back or not. Maybe that will change. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, let's put this episode on a chart real quick. Our X Y chart of plot relevance and card mechanics. Uh, the 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 X graph here of uh, card mechanics. How are we feeling about that? Uh, all the card game mechanics were 
uh, pretty straightforward, I'd say, despite the fact that it's a shadow game. The shadow game itself didn't have any like magical effects on the cards. No, so this no, was a, which was nice. A by the books uh, card game. So I'd give it a yeah. five. Yeah, I'd say so. It's it's solid. Yeah. And the and the traps were good. I liked the traps. We didn't get a, like Some a whole good. lot of shots of them, but I liked that they were there. Yeah. Uh, plot relevance. Nothing really advanced the plot, but we did get to see a little more of these guys, which was kind of fun. Um, I don't know. Nothing particularly not plot happened. I would say like a two. Yeah, one or two. It's not irrelevant, but it's not, it's not a must watch. No, I feel like if this was a two-parter, well, it is a two-parter, yeah. but if we were counting both of these episodes, whatever happens next episode probably will have more plot relevance, but this is just like the lead up to that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think probably if you're watching, if you're watching this series and you're looking for like, okay, where are the episodes that I have to watch? This is probably like the two-parter that you'll have to watch because it's the end of the series, but eh, you maybe... You kind of skip the first I think you could probably skip this first All you need part. to know is that they're dueling, and that's about it. The recap on the next episode is probably going to give you everything you need. Probably. All right. Well, that ends the episode, uh, but not the episode of this podcast. We are going to continue on speaking of, of uh, giving everything you need. Uh, every week on the show, we bring Lauren on to guess whether something is a real Yu-Gi-Oh card or something else, something that sounds like a real Yu-Gi-Oh card. To widely varying degrees of success. Uh, this week, we have a fan-submitted list of, of uh, things that may or may not be Yu-Gi-Oh cards. This comes from listener Dab. Dab writes, hey, a semi-competitive Yu-Gi-Oh player here. Any wow. questions, ask me. I've been listening to you guys for a while. I've been meaning to email That's for like impressive. a month now. Anyways, I have a Yu-Gi-Oh because not for you guys. Because the cards are nonsense, so. <laughs> right? So it's, it's no, it's, and it's a good list, too. Uh, Dab says, I have a Yu-Gi-Oh not for you guys, but first, that Yu-Gi-Oh role-playing game. As someone who has watched Yu-Gi-Oh for half my life, I would love to see a Yu-Gi-Oh RPG. Please make this a thing. There you go. I think we can make that happen. There you are. Now, uh, now he has the impetus. Well done. <laughs> uh, and there's another no question. what, what? you just did. <laughs> How could you? Dab, what hell have you wrought? Uh, uh, so uh, Dab says, as another question, uh, what is your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh show? They say I like five. There's more than one. There's more than one. There's we're on seven series now of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, but it's the same show, right? Well, it's the same show, but not the same like characters. Like you have Yu-Gi-Oh, you have Yu-Gi-Oh mm-hmm. GX. It's the uh, same Yu-Gi-Oh universe. Zexel, Yu-Gi-Oh Arc Five. Yu-Gi-Oh! Vrains, Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. I had no idea there was this many. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Sevens is the new one. Oh, boy. Um, uh, Dab says, I like 5Ds. Yusei is so cool and calm. That's the main character. Uh, and Jack Atlas is my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh! character Jack Atlas ever. is an awesome name. Jack Atlas is a great <laughs> name, plus <laughs> card games on motorcycles. Uh, anyways, for that Yu-Gi-Oh! Not, 
mine is Yu-Gi-Oh card or weird college mascot. You have to answer the question. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we'll get to that in a second, but I want to answer the question first. I have not watched uh, the other series of Yu-Gi-Oh all the way through yet. I've watched like bits here and there. So far for me, I'm kind of on the same page. Like 5Ds, I think, really hits all the buttons for me. The card game of motorcycle aspect is like... It really hits my D. I mean, it hits the no. <laughs> no it, uh, it it uh, it it uh, it 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 checks all the all the boxes for me. You know, it's it's got motorcycles. It's got racing. It's got uh, this like plot where uh, it's it's the kids from the slums. You know, the the satellite town basically trying to make it to the central city uh and to do that they have to like hack the police forces uh uh, like tracking system so that you say his motorcycle can't be tracked as he goes through the sewers and it's this like sort of uh like fast and furious storyline oh yeah oh yeah sounds like a completely Um, different show than what i've been watching absolutely different show i i think it's definitely something that we should we should try and look into doing for for our podcast um the for anyone who wants to get into watching 5ds the Yu-Gi-Oh official youtube channel did and maybe is still doing actually uh a live stream where they broadcast every episode of 5ds in order wow just on youtube so i think there's a recording of that still uh but they were broad- they were doing that for like a week straight uh right when right when quarantine started all five special d's <laughs> uh how about how are you jimmy do you have a, a favorite from what we've watched so far well as you are all aware that the basic premise of this podcast is that i have never seen Yu-Gi-Oh before so i can't <laughs> even say that i've seen Yu-Gi-Oh because we're like I'd, part way through it we're only two seasons in yeah i was gonna say you've seen you've seen dual monsters and you've seen one episode of reigns however to answer the question my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh series is season zero Mmm, that's it. Okay, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a really good answer. The only released in Japan season where Yugi is a little sociopath. Yep, <laughs> with a woman's voice. He sounds like Scarlett Johansson. Kind of does it for me. Do you want to know my favorite? I was I was about to ask. Please, yeah, Lord. what's your favorite? Um, Wind Waker. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also really like gold and silver. <laughs> thank you, Lauren, Are villain of this show. This yes, good. this is good. This is very thank it's you. Time thank to you. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to um Jimmy, you and I were talking about uh stuff we want to do kind of between seasons of the show. I do want to do a more focused pitch for Yu-Gi-Oh! Delta V. Or like our, really fresh our space out the world. themed, yeah. Like do like do like a season one synopsis, right? Sure, I, I I'd love to revisit that imaginary world if we can even remember all the stuff we came up about it beforehand. Well, it was very similar in a way to Five Ds in that it was just like you know, like Five Ds is what if Yu Gi Oh was on motorcycles. Delta V was what if Yu Gi Oh was about space. Yeah. I think that answered the question. There was a yeah. long silence there. Uh, so Dab also provided uh, uh, some some Yugi or not challenge uh, cards, and I'm it excited is either for this one. Yeah, it sounds like a fun one. It is either a Yu-Gi-Oh card 
or a weird college mascot. Oh boy. <laughs> so I've got I've got the list here. Uh Lauren, are you ready to play Yugi or not? Yes. All right. Here we go. Card number one, the fighting pickle. Mm-hmm. The fighting pickle. Card number two, Doom Donut. Doom Donut. Card number three, Sam the Minuteman. <laughs> Sam the Minuteman. Card number four, Hokey Bird. Hokey Bird. Card number five, Junk Warrior. Junk Warrior. And card number six, Queen's Knight. Queen's Knight. Those are your six cards. It's now your job to determine which three are Yu-Gi-Oh cards and which three are strange college mascots. <laughs> awesome. Tell me, tell me what you're thinking about. Um, Walk me through it, as they say. <laughs> Walk you through my highly scientific thought process. The fighting pickle sounds like a college mascot just because i know that they put like the fighting in front of everything okay okay so that's my guess like uh university of oregon is technically the fighting ducks is it mm-hmm. oh that's unfortunate yeah um <laughs> they, the, they like to put fighting in front of everything i think sam the Minuteman is also a mascot i don't know why it just Seems funny to me to have like a person as a college mascot. <laughs> Just some guy. <laughs> that's, that's our mascot, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Minuteman? Minuteman? Like the orange juice? That's Minute Maid. It's a Minute Maid. No, a Minuteman was like one of the soldiers in the Revolutionary War. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um,. Hokey Bird sounds like a Yu-Gi-Oh card to me. I don't. There's no rhyme or reason to that. Okay. And I think I think Doom Donut is also a Yu-Gi-Oh card because it's funny to me. Mm-hmm. If it is, uh, I think Junk Warrior then is also a Yu-Gi-Oh card, and Queen's Knight is a mascot. I don't know. Go Junk Warriors. Cause yeah, cause that. <laughs> what's a Junk Warrior? Also, what would that even be? Right. Now I'm questioning that choice, but. See, did you mix this up or is this the our order that this is the email in, was sent? This is in the order that was sent in the email. Because I'm just thinking about this too much, I know, but because it Getting does that meta. thing where it's, yeah, where it's like, you know, on a Scantron where you're like, <laughs> oh, it's AC, 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 you know, it can't be all those answers. So it would be perfectly alternating. Mm. So sometimes that sways my decision making. It shouldn't probably, but... <laughs> Because it's just as likely as any other arrangement. Sure. No, I'm going to leave it. Who cares? (laughs) All right. Here we go. Uh, Starting at the top, you said the fighting pickle was a mascot. It is a mascot. Hey, all right. Dab says it's it's literally a pickle. It's self-explanatory. That's my new new baseline. As long as I get one of them, I'm pretty pleased with myself. Yeah, there you go. Honestly. Uh, you said Doom Donut was a Yu-Gi-Oh just card. Lowering expectations for myself all the way around. Sure. Well, you, we make a show about Yu-Gi-Oh. I think you can start with your expectations fairly <laughs> low. Uh, Doom Donut, you said was a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It is a Yu-Gi-Oh hey! card. It is a donut with teeth. 
Oh, excellent. Uh, you said Sam the Minuteman was a mascot. Sam the Minuteman is a mascot. Hey. Jimmy, I'm going to need you to look up a picture of Sam the Minuteman because the description Dab gives is all caps. Ah, he's smiling at me. Oh, Sam, no. though. Makes me very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, he is oh, smiling no. at me. Uh, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Sam the Minuteman in a second Hold here. On, Hokey Bird, him. you said was a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Hokey Bird, I'm afraid, is a mascot. Uh, uh, apparently, Hokey Bird is a neutered turkey. How do you know? Why would you want this? your mascot to be neutered? You know, I don't know that I, I don't know do that you, I want mascots out the there reproducing. We don't have any balls. <laughs> How do you know on a turkey? Like looking at a looking at a costume of a turkey, you would be like, "Oh, that turkey's been neutered." Like, how would you know? I mean, chickens, it's pretty easy. You just look at it and be like, "Yeah, that's a fat cock." <laughs> And that's our show, everybody. Thanks. Wait, it's a, what is that? Why is that neutered? Well, if if it if it's if it isn't neutered, you would be like. I'm sending you a picture of Sam the Minuteman so we can get away from this topic. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm let's, so confused. Let's, let's do the, let's do the remainder of the. Uh, uh, you said Junk Warrior is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It is a Yu-Gi-Oh oh, card. Okay. That is actually Yusei Fudo's uh, signature card uh, in five Ds. And you said Queen's Knight was a mascot. I'm afraid yeah, that is a Yu-Gi-Oh been. card. But which I. Is, pretty basic card art but but then i got you go. four you got four out of six correct which is hey. very respectable thank you dab says thanks for reading again ask any and thanks, all questions dab. about how Yu-Gi-Oh actually works see you guys <laughs> next time how do you stab um, the moon <laughs> yeah dab okay first off how dare you no uh uh dab uh okay so you say a semi-competitive Yu-Gi-Oh player and then you also end your email with competitive smash or pardon me semi-professional Yu-Gi-Oh player and then you end your email with competitive smash bros player but bad at it first mm-hmm. why the self-deprecation be a professional Yu-Gi-Oh player if you want to be be a good competitive smash bros player i don't care how good you actually are just say you're competitive i'm sh- you're way better than me is yeah how good you are in this house we um, love and respect super same. smash brothers Absolutely. Uh, yeah, A, number one, how do you stab the moon? <laughs> what um, actual magical powers do you have? <laughs> right. Which millennium items do you currently possess? How many spirits do you have in your mind? Oh, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, when confronted with saving the universe or... Uh, pardon me. Let me let me rephrase this. When confronted with using magical powers to save the universe or relying on your skills as a duelist, which do you choose and why? Um, You're asking Dab to do a lot of labor here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. We're, we're kind of. I mean, questions. hey, you said we have a, we have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> um, Jimmy, you have pulled up a picture of Sam the Minuteman. Sam the oh, Minuteman no. is terrifying. Is he smiling at me? He's leering. It's sort at of you. a pained grimace. He is leering. Let me. That's a good word Drop for another it. thing on and you here. He's holding children's valentines. He's he's passing out valentines. Yes. No, um, that's that's wrong. He shouldn't do that. The teeth he shouldn't upset be allowed me. To do that. The teeth upset me. They're like whale baleen. They're like whale baleen because they part vertically. You see sort of vertical sections of tooth, but they do not have a part horizontally. They're so long. So it seems to be that the teeth are attached to the top and bottom of the mouth simultaneously. They also appear to have ridges. <laughs> Is his face like that weird fuzzy velvet texture? Oh, it looks that Probably. way, huh? He's a mascot. You know what else is a mascot? Mm. 
the mascot for mm. University of North Carolina School of the Arts, the Fighting Pickle. Is it just going to be Miss Cracker? Ms. Oh, Cracker. God. It's better. Oh. Look at this wow. guy. He's into all now, the arts. Okay. He's into theater. I'm sorry. He's got... <laughs> he's painting. He plays the piano. This pickle seems like a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> he does have a sort of Don Juan sort of... He's a terrible goatee, though. And a mask. Why is he wearing yeah, a mask? Because We know he's a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> Which pickle is that? Not only am I dressed like a pickle, but I'm actually a pickle. Uh, because Jimmy, you haven't theater. seen Drag Race. You don't get that joke. Because he's in the theater. That's why he wears a mask. He's fresh off his production oh. of Phantom of the Opera. I see. I see. I gotcha. Okay, so um, my so I am a student at Durham University in England right now. I'm not in Durham right now, but um, anyway, it's a collegiate university, so you have to be part of a college when you're there. Like a Hogwarts house. Yeah, it's like a house kind of. But there's like I don't know. There's like what fourteen? There's a ton. Anyway, and it's like. That's where they have student housing and that's where they have like uh, each college will have catering and, th- and that kind of thing. But then they each have their own mascot. And my college's mascot is a phoenix because the graduate common room burned down <laughs> when, like right after it was built. <laughs> so they rebuilt it exactly the same. That's a very British reason to have a mascot. <laughs> Isn't that depressing? <laughs> also, it's horrifying. Yeah, it's uh, what, what's the name of the phoenix? It doesn't have Felix. a name. Felix. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's one of those where it's it's very much like somebody thought they could design a mascot and then it's it, it's kind of like an eagle but in the wrong colors and it yeah. just looks I don't know. It's sort of a uh, somebody took an intro to Muppet design yeah. course and then just made it bigger. I love you, Durham, but. <laughs> My favorite you know, um, college mascot is a UC Santa Cruz banana slugs. The banana yeah. slugs. My parents banana went to UC Santa Cruz. I thought about going there, but my life would be so different if I had. Yeah, see, Jimmy, you and I have the Bruins, and not the Bruins that everyone thinks of. <laughs> <laughs> no, the different Bruins. The different Bruins. The lesser. Oh, the, yeah, they are the Bruins, aren't the, they? The Division Three Bruins. Yes. Yeah. Did you have a high school mascot, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, we were the Cowboys. The Cowboys. I'm always a little... I, I think I'm more jealous of people who had high school mascots. Lauren, what was your high school mascot? Wildcat. Wildcat. That's right. Lame one. And then my middle school mascot was Dolphins. And okay. then middle elementary... School? Middle school mascot. My elementary school mascot was Jaguars. What is my elementary school mascot was the otters. What is the purpose of having a mascot in elementary school? Cause like I played, I played basketball at the Y and I was on the orange team. Yeah. We didn't have like, was was my, it's not like for like sports. You don't have like jerseys and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. It's just for fun. Yeah. My mascot, the orange, like no. Okay. Uh, I also want to say that my that all the colleges have crests here because it's England, right? And my college's crest is a ladder. <laughs> yep, <laughs> a regular ladder or a I step did... ladder. No, well, two regular two, ladders two, next yeah. to each other. I did buy a sweatshirt because it has 
a really fancy looking English crest with like uh, um, knight's helm and like filigree and everything and then just two ladders inside it. It makes me really happy. <laughs> Can you go to the like school store and buy an official ladder? No. Ooh, they no. should do that. <laughs> well, why the hell not? Where, what? Just, just, sell, just sell little step stools. Yeah. That's funny. If your mascot is a freaking ladder, you might as well go and sell some ladders. Am I right? Reaching new heights. There we go. Oh my God. There's some meaning behind it. I never bothered to figure out what it was. That was a good Yugi or not, though. I like that. That was a that was, that was a wonder. The the listener emails this week have been ah chef's kiss. <laughs> uh Lauren, do you want to join us for the monster bracket? Uh, Would you please join us for the monster bracket? <laughs> yeah. I All don't right. know why you ask. I, I'm here every time. It's time for the monster bracket. As you both know, and as our listeners probably know, every week we bring two monsters from season two together to fight to the finish until we end up with one ultimate champion. This is the second of two semifinal rounds. The winner of this round will go on to face Zira the Mant in the fight to the end. For all the marbles, the whole enchilada, the final countdown, the last hurrah, this is what determines who will show up in In our Monster Bracket finale episode. In second place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This week, we have Jinzo versus Fortress Whale. I am not prepared. Wow. This episode might break my heart. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm loading up the bracket right now, which you can get to at heartofthe.cards slash bracket. We also link to it in every episode. Uh, I want to talk real briefly about how each of these cards got to where they are today. Fortress Whale uh, went up against some uh, kind of a mixed bag, actually. Uh, its first round was against Alligator Sword, then it went up against Grand Tiki Elder, who had knocked out Battle Ox earlier on in the bracket. Then it went up against Amazon Chainmaster, who I thought of the Amazon cards was going to be the one to get further. Uh, then it went up against Beta the Magnet Warrior, and I thought that's where its reign would end, but no, I was overruled, and it beat Beta the Magnet Warrior, our cute, adorable, our magnetic son. Uh, Jinzo went up against some real heavy hitters early on too. Uh, Jinzo beat blue eyes or pardon me, not blue eyes, red eyes, black dragon in the first round. Uh, then it beat Karibo in the second round. And then it beat Kisatai in the third round. Kisatai, our favorite demonic blow up, uh, blow up doll. No balloon animal. The other one. Uh, wow. He's a tie, then what kind went of on. balloon animals are you making? You know, I'm, I've been practicing. Somebody's got to have a hobby. Uh, and uh, Jinzo then went on to beat Worm Drake, and that is how it got here up against Fortress Whale. Uh, does somebody want to describe Jinzo for listeners who may just now be joining us? I think Lauren should describe Jinzo. <laughs> wow, we've, des- I've, we've described Jinzo so many times. Where to begin? Um... So first, 
he puts on the leather jumpsuit underneath, and then he puts on... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, went through the whole process of trying he to figure out how up. he gets dressed. The big God, zipper. what episode was that? We, we need to um, go back and find that clip. <laughs> Uh, so Jinzo looks like a, a mutant, first of all. He's got, like, his neck is way too long and way too wide, and his shoulders are too far down. He's wearing, like, this spiky jumpsuit and, like, bladed shoulder gauntlets, and he has this Bane mask on. It's a lot. And his head is really veiny, and I thought that it was a brain the first time I saw it. And I-, I thought it was exposed brain. I, th- I think we but are I think living it's just his head. I think we're living in the perfect time to describe Jinzo too because it's basically what I wish I was wearing every time I went outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you can find some mm-hmm. uh cosplay uh store that can help you out there. Mm-hmm. Just go on yes, Etsy, definitely. Get yes. Your own custom Jinzo <laughs> mask. That'd be awesome. What into it? <laughs> yes. Yes it would. <laughs> I can put those spikes on my massive neck. <laughs> His neck is so weird. Is like, is he supposed to be a person? It's cone shaped. Yeah, yeah. It. I think because Jinzo comes back in Yu Gi Oh GX, right? And I think the implication that they give there is that Jinzo is some kind of a spirit that has just existed for a long time. So it's it's not necessarily human, but it may have been at one point. Does that make sense? He's really veiny for a spirit. <laughs> He's like... You gotta pump that spirit blood around. <laughs> <laughs> it, reminds me of like, it reminds me of like the waiting room in Beetlejuice, where they've yeah. all been waiting there mm-hmm. for so long that they just start to look really strange. And for whatever yeah. reason, his neck just got super long. Like the little, the little shrunken head man, kind of. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but if you just sort Beetle of pulled juice. it up. Yeah. But he yeah. does look exactly like a Cenobite from Hellraiser. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really the cultural touchstone here, I think. Uh, Jimmy, then, would you describe Fortress Whale for us? Oh, Fortress Whale. Our, our legendary friend, the Fortress Whale. Uh, our, our lord and savior. <laughs> it, this guy is, like, not quite jet black, but sort of a, a gunmetal... Dark, dark gray mm. whale mm-hmm. uh, with a malevolent expression on its face, sharp pointed teeth, a massive narwhal horn coming out the front. And on its back, of course, uh, erupts this chunk, this spit of land uh, that's just festooned with World War II gun batteries. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a fortress and it's a whale. This guy wow. will rise up out of the ocean and wreck your whole ship. <laughs> hey, you got your fortress and my whale. You got your whale and my fortress. Oh man. I'm still trying to figure out, like, in the like story of Fortress Whale, was he like was there some like transporter accident, or was this like a regular whale that was mutated and then like a rock was like thrown out of its scientist. back? Mm. I don't know, but it's rad as hell. You do have to use the, uh, I think it's the Oath of Fortress Whale to summon Fortress Whale. It's a ritual monster. So you, there is a ritual involved in summoning it. Mm-hmm. So it could be like a it could be like a Hellboy situation. Like, oh, we were trying about the, bring about the end of the world, but uh, instead we got this, uh, this cool big, old, big old whale. You so that's, p- that's a plus. Pledge yourself to the Fortress Whale for it to serve you. 
Hey, I have That's to ask an important question. The character of Warlock of Fortress Will. What's Ooh, up? Ooh, I'm into that. That's very good. Um, does it have gills? I don't think so. No, I think that's musculature. They do down at the oh. on the Whale lower abs. side. Oh, there. he's yeah. ripped under his under his fin. Well, that just looks like a a whale's stomach. It's too high up, though. It's really high up. It's like next to his mouth. Is that sort of the uh, representing the sort of gaunt nature of Fortress Whale in a way? Like that can be some like ribs, maybe. But it's going going the wrong, wrong way. Way, yeah. Yeah. Well, real whales have those kind of like ridges on them. If you've ever seen a yeah, but but it doesn't go up next to their mouth, does it? I will find a photo of an actual whale breaching. Ah, yes, a, re- a real life, a real, real life. Uh, ex- exactly what we need in this uh, fake card game. Oh, See the striations. Okay. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I knew they were there, but it just like I don't know. The perspective is all wrong. I mean, it is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. They're not known for their yeah, was... incredibly <laughs> good art, usually. The, w- whichever card wins here is going up against a monstrous skeleton with a skull for a cod piece. I don't know. We can really worry about realism here. Do you know what the shape of it kind of looks like? Hmm. The shape of it, like, because everything seems foreshortened and flattened to me. Like, I'm having trouble with the perspective on this card, but the shape of it sort of looks like a sunfish. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like an Animal Crossing when you get a sunfish like and a you mama. go, whoa, and you hold it out and it covers your whole body and it's you just, know? like, big and flat. And yeah, That's have you hilarious. ever seen one of those in person? No. They're freaky. No. I've seen one in my They're massive too. My Animal Crossing museum, but... <laughs> They're like six feet across. You pull out the yeah. fortress whale and he's like two dimensional. <laughs> That's what it looks well, like. Well, I got a fortress whale. Uh, anyway, just fortress whale is still cool. Doesn't doesn't affect his coolness. Yeah. Just going over the numbers here. Uh, Jinzo is a level six machine effect monster with 2,400 attack, 1,500 defense. Uh, fortress whale is a level seven fish ritual monster with 2,350 attack and 2,150 defense. Uh, so the, the text on Jinzo, I don't, I'm having a hard time finding the text on Fortress Whale for some reason, but the, the card text on Jinzo says trap cards and their effects on the field cannot be activated negate all trap effects on the field. So Jinzo, Jinzo is very good to bring out on the field. Uh, we saw this happen in. He deactivated my trap card. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Uh, Jinzo, I think was first used to great effect. Was that against Joey Wheeler? It was, right? Yeah. As Esperoba pulled it out uh, and, and sort of beat all the, the trap cards, and then Joey got it and used it to do something. I think he defeated Mako's trap card with it, something like that. It's been a while since we've done anything it's been a, with Joey. It's been a bit, but but Jinzo's a very a very useful card for sure. Does Fortress Whale have any effects, Jimmy? Can you find that? Uh, I looked it up, and it's, all the text on the card is that it has to be ritual summoned with the uh, the special card. Okay. So, ooh, pardon me. Um, so, kind of just looking at the numbers, it does feel like Jinzo has a slight advantage there. I mean, more attack, obviously, but also a more compelling card effect. I feel How like about that? this laid into the bracket, it real, really boils down to the feeling of these two cards. And let me spell them yeah. out for you. 
Fortress Whale is a dual monster. This is a card that you can only see in Yu-Gi-Oh. You won't see a card like this in yes. like Pokemon or anything. Though it should be, because it's no. red. This is a, a whale that has like actual guns on it. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a dual monster. Is it ancient Egyptian? No. But it's cool. And it's ominous. Jinzo, on the other hand, does not belong in a children's card game. <laughs> Jin- that is true. Jinzo that is true. Feels to me like a regular D and D setting has with Cthulhu, where it's just this like eldritch being coming in. It's like, how did you get into here? Yeah, Jinzo yeah. doesn't belong in this kids show, and I have no idea how he became so present. Just that he's in like so many episodes and in like every single uh, series. Jinzo is spooky and he's alien Hmm. and he also won't be seen in any other card game besides maybe magic i could probably see that yeah maybe Hmm. maybe magic the thing about jinzo for me especially if you think about it in terms of like is this a a card that belongs in a children's card game it almost feels like it belongs in that like the iPhone app card games that they've been making for like TV shows. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like Marvel has one now. Uh, and the one that come, came to mind specifically is Cartoon Network's card game mm. where they have like cards for all the Cartoon Network shows. But because it's Cartoon Network, uh, or is it Cartoon Network? What's Family Guy on? Fox, isn't it? Maybe maybe it's it's cartoon. The the game I can distinctly remember the ads, but the game is called Cartoon Something, and it's like here's all the Family Guy characters, here's all the American Dad characters, here's the here's Adventure Time, here's whatever. And because it kind of straddles that line between like kids game and adults game, you'll see these cards that are like I played Fart Bomb and like that kind of shit mm-hmm. it feels like if it, it feels like Jinzo would fit in well there because it's kind of just we don't really care about the tone of this game we just want to put references yeah Jinzo feels like the like second to final boss in some kind of like early super nintendo game where they were a little more fast and loose with the tone and so you would have yeah. something like an earthbound where the ending is just so dark yeah yeah jinzo is definitely that boss where you would have to dodge the lasers coming out of his eyes as they like form a pattern or something and then you have to get him to cross his eyes and that's the secret to beating him mm-hmm. I don't know. jinzo's cool and powerful and everything and creepy and i like that about him yeah big but pluses there the thing is is that we're all just delighted by Fortress Whale. Yeah, yeah, that's we true. Are delighted by Fortress Whale. I mean, I'm kind of delighted by Jinzo just because it's like, how the hell did you get here? This is so that's, nasty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they both kind of have they both kind of have that effect, right? Like Jinzo, I'm just like, uh, what is what is this doing in my Yu-Gi-Oh game? <laughs> Who let that in? For, but Fortress Whale is like, yeah, hell yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. All right, yeah, this is I what see Yu-Gi-Oh you. is about. It's a monster. Does it make sense? No. You, if you want it to no. make sense, fuck you. This is a whale. <laughs> Go play something else. Go find another game. <laughs> Go play Pinochle with the other grandmas. <laughs> yeah, Fortress Whale goes out of its way to be still like a monster, but it's still like scary. Like you can't. Yeah. 
The only similar thing I can think of would be like Blastoise, where it has those water guns sticking out. But no, Fortress Whale is going to shoot a cannon at you. But Blastoise isn't like scary. No, Blastoise is your like That's a different Blastoise is like part of the local fire department. (laughs) Yeah. Blastoise is an American hero. Blastoise wears shades and comes to your cookout on Memorial Day. Fortress Whale. Blastoise wears aprons that say kiss the cook. (laughs) Yeah. Blastoise gets the tongs so he can grill and he clicks them twice every time. He is he is a a, a true. What I'm trying to get Um, across is that Fortress Whale is not your friend. He might be your ally, but he's not your buddy. Mm. You Mm. can't control Fortress Whale. You can can invoke him him and stand back as he wreaks havoc on your enemies. Is Fortress Whale the Aslan of Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> tame. No, oh he's, he's not tame, but he is good. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> Fortress Whale was there when the world was new. Do not cite the ancient magics to Fortress Whale, which <laughs> he was there when they were written. <laughs> Instead of the Dawn Treader, Voyage of the Fortress Whale. <laughs> mm, yes, I oh, would watch that. Awesome. He looks soft. The whale skin. Yeah, I skin kind looks of, soft. I skin of, looks like velvety soft when you touch he's it. He's like blubbery. Yeah, I, I kind of want to. But he looks like it would be like like velvety soft. I kind of want to make a plush fortress whale. Yeah. Except the like the horns and the fortress part would have to be like actual stone and metal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That I would just go to like a like a, a, a tabletop miniature store or something and just get like Warhammer forty k bits. <laughs> Do you think his horn is is metal or stone? The horn I think is bone, but it looks mutated. It, it? I think it's bone. I don't yeah. think wouldn't he was it be ivory? It. Wouldn't it be ivory? No, probably. Well, it's yeah. Oh, I think I think I think if the, he's a narwhal, the 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 thing that I think the art is trying to convey is that mm. the horn is not naturally a part of the fortress no. whale's body. This is a creature no. that has been, um, practically, he's had some medical malpractice done on him. Yeah, um, reborn in the fires of some dark. He magic. is a cyborg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, probably. So we're giving this to Fortress Whale, right? That's the that's the vibe I'm getting. God, I'm really it's torn because I support Jinzo, but it really comes down to the the vibes that these guys give off, and I'm torn yeah. because they're so different. It's like comparing two completely different things. But for the purposes of this bracket, I like Fortress Whale more. It's yeah. a yeah. I hesitate to give it to Fortress Whale, but I like Fortress Whale so much. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Jimmy, I don't think this bracket is designed to be like the definitive best Yu-Gi-Oh card. No. Oh, all right. All right. Whoa, hey now. Don't see you making a bracket. No, yeah, no, you're right. It's I not. I think it's this meant is... to be like, I don't know. Us what, hanging out talking what about ca- cards. Yeah, what card exactly. is the most fun to exactly. talk about? From, from this season. Yeah, exactly. And I think Fortress Wheel fits the bill there. Yeah, and close. like this isn't like disrespect to Jinzo because even if he ends up in like third place or whatever, that's still like some of the top cards. Oh, absolutely, absolutely! Like Jinzo, 
you know, and remember, Jinzo knocked out three of the biggest competitors. Mm. Like, it could have gone very differently. We could have a very different monster in the bracket right now. But Jinzo knocked out Red Eyes Black Dragon, then Karibo, then Kisatai. Yeah, Kisatai. That one was tough. That's true. He did beat like, Red Eyes. Very iconic monsters. So I think that Jinzo got this far Jinzo is, is has a, a earned testament his to place. its strength. Absolutely. This fucked up looking For- scrotum head. Blastoise, Blastoise <laughs> salutes Jinzo. <laughs> oh my god. God, are you implying that Jinzo uh, looks like that because he had unspeakable war crimes done to him? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Support our Jinzo troops. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Jinzo's seen some shit, I think is I what think is Jinzo's what we're saying. done some shit. Mm. I think I feel like in the movie Jinzo go into Jinzo's details. You know, you know uh Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul uh what's his name mike or something uh not not saul but the like guy that does his dirty work i don't remember larry no i don't what is what is his name is it mike yeah mike ermintrout from uh from better call saul and breaking bad i think he would play jinzo in the uh in the uh, the live action, what's the actor's name? Oh, this dude. Uh, the act. Yeah, Jonathan the actor's Banks. name is Jonathan Banks. Thank you. I He's can also see it. Ben's dad in Parks and Rec. Yes, yeah, Ben's dad in Parks and Rec. I think I think he would play Jinzo in the live action movie. Just a very very much like a a presence that can say I have seen a lot of <laughs> a lot of shit in this world without having to actually say anything bold of you to call on me when you know that I, what I am capable of I could see it his neck isn't three yeah. feet long though which is a no a... we can fix that in post <laughs> uh, alright congratulations to Fortress Whale for making Aww. it into Yay. the finals uh, now that Fortress does bring Whale. us to the end that does bring us to the end of the monster bracket for this week. Note, we have one more episode in the series, and then we're going to do a separate only monster bracket episode. And what I want to do is I want to leave the space next week for you, the listener, to join in and tell us which monster you think should win the bracket between Zira the Mant and Fortress Whale. Uh, write in, give us your opinions, tell us what monsters you think we should have paid more respect to or maybe left out of the bracket entirely. Uh, email us, youactivatemypodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us at yampod. Uh, smoke signals, homing pigeons. Uh, all of these are, are, are perfectly acceptable Telegram. methods. Telegram, singing telegram, especially if you can afford it. Um, we want to know who you think should go on to be the ultimate champion. Uh, and then we're going to do a sort of special episode after we're done talking about this series of Yu-Gi-Oh. Huh. Um, I'm excited. I'm very it's gonna excited. Be good. It's going to be really good. Uh, all right. Once again, uh, to, to get in touch with us for any reason, but especially for the monster bracket, Email us, youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Go to our website, heartofthe.cards. Twitter and Instagram at yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. And until next time. Scared yet?
Ha! Scared of that? No. 